Welcome to Manager Tools. Rules of Small Project Management. Chapter 1, Deliverables Basics. Part 1. This cast answers these questions. What are some simple project management guidelines? How can I manage small projects effectively? How can I teach my team how to manage small projects? Well, if you want answers to these questions and more, keep listening. Here we go. Folks, our M conference sold out in 2019. We've announced dates for 2020, August 18th and 19th. Tends to be more for senior managers and executives. And we asked uh, 13 of our uh, close friends, associates, clients, executives we really respect to consider being speakers. And already eight of them had sa- have said yes, and two others just need to get approval. So some of you have heard of Eldon Schaefer, uh, who is uh, a senior executive at a multi-billion dollar company, Hugh Halperin, the director for the government printing office in Washington, D.C., uh, Matt Beckwith, uh, who has been running call centers all his life and is just an exceptional person, Neha Parikh, uh, former president of Hotwire, Rodney Woods, who's a VP and chief uh, clinical engineer for Blue Cross Blue Shield, Susie Nicoletti. Uh, who is a former colleague of my client of mine and ours uh, and works in cloud technology for AT&T, Dan McGuire, who spoke last year, but he has a different topic this year, uh, and Wendy Lucas, uh, who is one of our very favorite HR people of all time. We are very fortunate to have people like this who know that the, the audience will expect relevance and specificity and actionability and uh I can't tell you how excited we are when we send out an email asking for only 13 people and immediately seven or eight respond within a couple of days. I hope to see you at the M Conference, August 18th and 19th of this year, only 65 slots and uh, in Chicago this year. See you there. You know, Mark, I I think you agree. Like most project management guides you can get out there are for huge projects, right? They have lots of dependencies, seems like a million tasks, all you know, PERT diagrams, the whole kind of thing. But for managers, for our audience, that's probably not most of what people are doing. Yeah. In fact, far too many managers uh, attempt to, they, you know, they hear from somebody in uh, uh, a program management office that, you know, we get all these great tools and like, wow, can I get a seat license? Sure, it's possible. We'll get you one. And then suddenly, a manager who is doing herself, say, a couple hundred task project, or she's delegating a project to one of her people of a hundred tasks or whatever, uh, she's using a, a tool that has, as you say, pert charts and critical path uh, and, and dependencies and budgeting tools and uh, three-dimensional chart depictions and it just literally state-of-the-art stuff and so much so it's in the cloud because it's uh, it's so complex and the problem is is that you get enamored of learning how cool the tool is rather than actually doing tasks on the project i'm not saying your company calls them projects that get reported on but the vast majority of projects a project being a string of tasks leading to a result in my experience don't have budget Okay, don't require more than one or two or three people working on it. In many, many cases, it could all be kept in your head, but it oughtn't to be. 
uh, and don't need any of those kinds of tools. Now, look, don't get me wrong. I think, look, if you're in a capitalistic system, one of the great things about capitalism is it frees up capital and money to invest in things like great project management tools that then get sold. But if you're an individual manager, a frontline manager, a senior manager, a director, those project management tools are not intended for you unless you're in the division of the company that does projects. They're not. They build fantastic tools and they charge top dollar for them. And therefore, organizations and for people who do construction and uh, all kinds of very complex uh, uh multi-layer, multi-divisional projects that last for months and even years. In fact, the reason this cast came up was um, I was talking to uh, a manager a couple months ago on the road and um, very technical uh, person. And I said, you know, I said, well, what are you working on now? I, I thought his job in cyber was really cool. And he said, well, the usual stuff. I said, well, give me an example if you can, cyber sort of. Um, you know, they can't talk about everything. And, and and he said, well, right now, what's kind of interesting to me, um, I listened to your cast on project management, who does what by when and so on. He said, I am trying to figure out what project management software we're going to use for the next year or two. I said, well, who's we? I mean, is that something that the department of divisions has you working on? No, 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 no. We just need some project management software for me and my team. I said, okay, oh, maybe. Of course, in my mind, the first thing that comes up is Excel or even Microsoft Project. And um, I said, okay, what kind of project are you? I mean, it must be a big thing. He says, no, no, I'm talking about something that they can use and we can use, I can use, that we can communicate about and we can talk about stuff like, when they have to put together a briefing for an industry conference they have to go to, or when we have to respond to another division in the company who wants us to red team their systems and find out what's going on, I need project management. I said, well, how long do those things take? He says, oh, uh, you know, a, a, a couple of months. And I said, well, how many tasks are you talking about? He says, oh, you know, probably, I don't know. More than 100, less than 1,000? I said, and you really need specialized project management for that, like budgeting? I mean, how much budget does it cost to do this? He says, oh, you know, it's in our budget, so I'm not terribly worried about it. I suppose it could get expensive. There was a lot of travel or or some sort of special presentation or whatever. I don't think that's going to happen. And I said, well, how much time are you spending on the project management stuff? Like I've been, I've been off and on on it for like three weeks. I said, "Why? What? I mean, I mean, you you've just lost three weeks worth of activity on the project." He says, "Yeah, but I find it's better to, you know, start spend some time on the front end." And I said, "No, I won't argue with you there. I'm I may be a high D and a high I, but I'm generally in favor of a little bit more planning. Um, I don't mind taking some early steps, but you ought to have in your head." an idea of which way you're going. I said, well, when do you think you'll be done? He says, well, frankly, um, now I got to get the budget for what I think I want. Uh, that'll <laughs> take a few weeks. And it just uh, occurred to me. The whole selection is a project in and of itself. Yeah. And so, and of course, this was just software. And then you got to train on the software and people have ramp, you know, they have learning curves for the for the software. And, you know, you mentioned the software and tools that large projects have 
available to them. And I, so I asked him, I said, well, I just got to tell you, I, you know, I, I'm no project management software guru. I'm not, but I'll, I'll tell you, whatever you do, make sure your direct creates the first deliverables list. And he said, what do you mean by deliverables? He says, I thought that was a software thing. And I said, no, no. Yeah. And I talked about deliverables and tasks, which we'll talk about here. And I said, but your direct has to do the first one. He says, no, no, no. The whole point, you know, I'll get the software, I'll get the seat license and I'll create the project tasks and then I'll sign out all the tasks and then everybody will report to me. I said, no, 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 dude, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> um, you can't, you, that's not, no, you, that's not the way it works. And he I'm, yeah, my recollection is the conversation didn't get finished. I don't know, maybe during a break and I didn't get a chance to talk to him more. But the overwhelming feeling I got at the end of that conversation was the concept of senior managers working with managers, managers working with individual contributors to teach the basic building blocks of project management was not there. Uh, look, it's sexier and cooler to get all kinds of great project management tools, but in the end, Horstman's Law rules, right? Who does what by when? And look, the, most of what our work is is small projects. It's worthless for, for us regular managers in the world. But I decided after that one, I started sketching it out to come up with a Okay, how do we teach individual contributors? Or if you're a senior manager and you have a new manager who's never really managed a project beyond five tasks that she can keep in her head, you know, how do you teach it? You know, when I was reading the show notes, my first impression was, yeah, like if you don't do these basics that we're going to talk about today, you're going to build very <laughs> complex, worthless plans in very expensive software and you won't get anything done. Yeah, it's like a really good cake with dirt for icing, right? Yeah, exactly. You don't, yeah. Um, so I just mentioned something else. Um, this is probably one of one or two casts in the last 15 years that I do not feel that I got the title right. Uh, I'm, I'm probably below average in terms of naming things. I don't know why that is, but I admit it. And to me, this title, Rules of Small Project Management, Chapter 1, Deliverables Basics, is really bad. It's too long and it's not interesting and so on. Uh, I, I think that's become one of our brand uh, identities though, Mike, right? We really have boring titles that don't attract people. Well, they're not clickbait. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, that's what, what I always try to avoid. Although your resume stinks was one. That's a good one. But rules of small project management, I don't think that's going to trend anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I reserve the right to change this series of casts. I just haven't figured out how to do it that we'll put out over the next year or two. And we may change it from rules of small project management. But I knew I had to start with uh, tasks or deliverables and not the vision of the project, not the budget of the project, not the structure of the team project, none of that. Because my experience has been that far too many managers or senior managers, whoever you're teaching, neither the manager nor, nor the person who's being delegated to or being taught or learning uh, understands the power of the clarity of deliverables. And, you know, what was it that I think Churchill said something about, you know, if you can master the art of the a sentence, everything else is, is easy. 
and I think people are trying to write books and they don't know how to write a sentence. And, you know, if you can't do the components, the, the big piece, the big thing will fall apart. So I wanted to get pretty far down into the weeds. I'm not sure I did a great job here, but I love talking about projects. And I, I mean, the more I think about it, the more I think every day of my life is a series of tasks that are connected and I'm doing something today and then two things tomorrow, three things Thursday, one thing Friday, and they're all part of a project. And I don't write them down nearly as often as I should. But you and I are recording this on a Saturday morning and yesterday we had our Friday morning ops call and I spent a lot of time talking about deliverables. And uh, I think I said to somebody yesterday, don't tell me it's done unless it's reported it's done. And I could almost hear other people chuckling in the background, like, yeah, there's a, there's a podcast. For yeah, that. podcast about that, yeah. Anyway, okay. So I'm talking too long. Um, what's our outline? Three really important um, topics relative to deliverables. First of all, as I said in my guidance to that manager I was talking to, if you're going to be the project manager or your direct is going to be the project manager, but your, pro but your direct, somebody working on the project has never created a project task list or a project list or whatever you want to call it, you've got to make sure that they create the deliverables list. Secondly, you've got to teach them that there are no plural deliverables. Now, we're not saying these are all, but these are the big ones that are the huge mistakes that people make. No deliverable deadlines that are longer than a week. Shorter deliverables are better. Way better. <laughs> way, way better, yeah. So let's dig into that. So first of all, you got to have your direct create the deliverables list. And when we say deliverables list, we mean what most people think of as the project task list, whether it's 50 or 200 things. Now, why is that? I mean, it, it's not simply so you can save time, right? Your own time. There's other benefits. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I'm, in, no, I'm in favor of saving time pretty much more than anybody <laughs> I know. But look, you don't teach directs how to manage projects by managing projects for them. And managing a project, if somebody said, hey, you're going to be a project manager, doesn't mean they hand you a list of tasks and say, you know, I have responsibility for doing them. Project management means figuring out what needs to be done and then doing it. So what I see a lot of times happening is a manager is teaching an individual contributor. Now, for the record, guys, I'm going to give the example of manager and individual contributor because I think it's more likely. But I know lots of senior managers who are training managers on how to do project management. And, and by the way, as an aside, those of you who are who are associated with PMI or you, you're PMP certified and so on, don't get me wrong. We, we have sung your praises a hundred times, but the vast majority of individual contributors, managers, senior managers don't need that level of horsepower. I actually think it's good. And if I had a lot more time to do a lot more learning, I would do it. We love you guys. Uh, but it but it's probably overkill for 98% of the managers that we know. And so that means the manager teaching the direct. That's what 80 to, no, I think it's 80% is the generally agreed upon in our industry uh, amount of learning that happens on the job, not in training. And full disclosure, I say that at our effective manager, effective communicator, effective hiring manager conferences. I say, look, 
the real value of this is what not what happens here, not even what you intellectually learn, but what you actually do back at the office. So if you're thinking that you should be, your company should be sending you to uh, an executive management program or more management training. And I, I, guys, I know that doesn't help our business, but look, if I'm going to be truthful with you, the real value happens at work when you're doing things. So managers and senior managers who have plenty of their own work because we're all working managers, it's easy to lose sight of the fact that we're supposed to teach our people stuff that they don't know that we do so they can do it when they get to our level or even hopefully at their level. So I'm going to use the example of managers coaching individual contributors. If you're an individual contributor and you're being given your first project to run, somebody, I mean, if you think it means to be a project manager means somebody else has figured out what needs to be done, I, I'm sorry, I can't even, I can't even comprehend that. That's like capitalism in the Soviet Union. It has to be on the black market. By definition, a project, if you're the project manager, means you're responsible for coming up with a plan, whatever that plan might be, good, bad, or indifferent, okay? But what I see is too many managers teaching their, their directs, hey, look, I'll do the project plan, and then you just work on the tasks. That is the kiss of death, because I promise you, your direct would have chose different tasks. Okay, and you say, well, I want them to learn from how I've done tasks. No, the way you do that is you make them work hard on the task to begin with, and then you edit their task. In fact, the manager who is teaching a direct project management is really a project manager editor. So we as managers don't have time to do somebody else's work. And look, they won't learn how to do this. If you don't let them do it, one of my favorite sayings, it's, I, and some people don't like it, but uh, the adult who continues or the parent who continues to tie the child's shoes after the child has learned how to tie his own shoes is just in the way. That's a Montessori school um, principle. You're not supposed to do stuff for your directs if they can do it. And the way they learn how to do things is they do it. If you go to a, your first ever golf lesson, the teacher is not going to stand there and show you how to swing for an hour. She's going to hand you a golf club and say, swing, and it's going to look bad. You're going to stink. I mean, nasty. Like people are going to look at you on the driveway and say, what? Has that guy ever played golf? And you should turn to him and say, no, I haven't. I don't know what yeah. I'm doing. I know how that feels, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, managers tell us all the time, oh, I have to help them. But how is you doing something helping them, right? It, it's not helping them learn how to do it. The way you learn how to hit a golf ball is you swing a club and miss until you figure out, oh, I, the club has to contact the ball. It, as I told somebody, I don't know, a couple of years ago, I said, this isn't visualization practice. And they said, what do you mean? I said, you keep talking to me about stuff you're doing for your people and then hand it to them and letting them learn from your... It's almost like you're expecting them to visualize success. Maybe visualization of success is good, but actually success is really just plain old hard work. And work and visualization are two different things. So let your people do it. Let them screw it up. That, in our experience, is when learning happens. Another of my quotes that I think of um, along the lines of hard work and practice and 10,000 hours and mastery and so on is Itzhak Perlman, the famous uh, violinist, once said, 
when it comes to violin, there is no practice. You put the bow to the string and you're playing. So you can say, I'm going to practice for an hour, but the moment you start, quote, practicing, unquote, you're actually playing. So if you want to help someone, the person you're trying to teach, how to come up with a project plan, give them one of your old project plans as an example, to give them a sense of the tone and, and, and the detail and the rough idea of how many tasks it takes to get various things done and uh, the, the, the granularity and so on. So, I mean, I, I don't know how many times I can say it, but step one of somebody else learning how to manage projects is for them to create a draft task list. Okay. It will be awful. That's good. You're going to edit him as their editor and give it back to them and ask for corrections, brevity, and then give them a deadline for them to get back to you. If they took a week to do the first project draft that was so terrible, give them two days to do the second one. And on the next one, give them one day. Okay. And look, they'll do it again, and you hope they get it done before the deadline. And if they don't get it done before the deadline, give them negative feedback about them missing the deadline, irrespective of whether you have their work or not, whether or not they've fin they've turned it in or not. Uh, don't wait until they turn it in, because the point of projects is who does what by when, and if they can't get meet a deadline for the establishment of the baseline of the project – you got to nip that in the bud really fast. You've got to set an example that says, I know when your deadlines are, and I'm going to hold you accountable for them. If you give them a week to do something, the, 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 the first draft of the project task list, and it takes them two weeks, and you don't say anything to them. You've just told them, dude, this is a walk in the park. Four months, six months, doesn't matter. We're finally able to announce that the latest build of our groundbreaking Manager Tools app roadmap, which is available to licensees, uh, will allow you in rolling out the Trinity to not only reset your tasks when you get a new team or you're out of commission for a couple of months and you have to start over, but also it allows you to add individual team members who join later. Uh, this flexibility, are, these are probably the two most requested uh, feature upgrades that we've had in the last uh, year, year and a half. And we've been able to put them into this latest um, build. And so if you're not, if you're using Roadmap, you've got more uh, power in your pocket. And if you are not, we strongly encourage you to be a licensee. Roadmap makes it easy for you to roll out the Trinity. It does all the detail work for you and reminds you what you need to do every step of the way. Now, I've mentioned tasks and deliverables a bunch of times in the last 10 minutes. At Manager Tools, we talk about deliverables, not tasks. What's the difference? Well, it's not an affectation for syllables, that's for sure. <laughs> deliverables are how professionals, particularly project professionals, think about tasks. Look, a deliverable is a task that includes the communication of the status of that task in the task itself. The word goes back to when software first started being written. And it had to be delivered. If you told somebody, if the task was to write a module that did X, you couldn't just say to them, I wrote the module that did X. Because the software, what you had done, 
was on your computer. Now, it may actually be in a repository somewhere, but probably the person you were writing it for didn't have access to your repository. In other words, to them, the fact that you had finished the task of writing the software and debugging it and going through QA and, okay, it's done, it works. The fact that you've done that is of no value to anyone unless the customer gets it, internal or external customer. It doesn't matter. And so... In the software world, we created this word deliverable. And in fact, what those of us who are somewhat long in the tooth know from the software industry is what used to happen. And uh, if you're younger, you probably, you, you may not know this, that the software was actually delivered as what is known as a gold master. It was actually a, if I'm not mistaken, it was actually gold. There was gold in the, um, in the layering on top of the CD and you got a physical thing delivered to you. This was back before email, before you could just send code and, uh, you know, and, and the ability to send large files over the internet and so on. And so in order for one division to get code to another division or one, a company to get code to another company, well, look, as an example, all you have to do is remember back, some of you are too young, you may not remember it, but Years ago, we used to buy software from Microsoft and Apple and so on, and Claris and Borland and everybody else on <laughs> Claris and desks. Borland, yeah. you're showing your age, man. No, but no, come on. I, you know, we have people who are 50 years old or listen to this cast, and you would buy floppy disks. The point is, the reason deliverable was important was software didn't exist in the physical world other than as unmeasurable ones and zeros in whatever memory device you stored it on. If you bought a car, <laughs> by definition, you didn't have the car and the, the car had to be delivered to you, okay? So in software, the creation of the car was invisible. And so deliverables came to mean that the customer actually got the value out of the deliverable. Well, the problem with tasks in organizations is if you say... Um, prepare, you know, draft PowerPoint for quarterly review to one of your directs and it's due Tuesday and you don't have it on Tuesday and you go down and check on Wednesday being somewhat irritated. They say, oh yeah, I did it. Where is it? Well, I just haven't gotten around to sending it yet. Okay. Now, there's all kinds. I mean, if you get into the, the details of this, it it's actually gets pretty complicated. No, not complicated. Um, it, gets, it gets pretty granular discussing in the world of work and of value that the work, the PowerPoint is worthless if it's not communicated. But if your task is to just create a PowerPoint, you are essentially leaving out the value creation step or or the final value creation step necessary in that task, which is that PowerPoint being communicated to you because you're the one that has to present it. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's the, the key point of deliverables, right? The whole, the whole point of putting a plan together is that one task is dependent upon the results or deliverables of another task. Of another, and so exactly. just simply having it done the deliverable done is not sufficient because the person who has the next task has to be aware that they can then do their, do their work. Right. So that's, you know, yeah. So, so the relative status of work, whether it's done, whether it's on time, on track, on budget, within resources, expected to fail, likely be done, whatever 
has value to you, to your boss, to your boss's boss. And in fact, if the organization doesn't know, if your organization doesn't know you've done something, it's not done. Because you are a part of the organization, but if the rest of the organization can't leverage your work and you're not the only way that value is created in your organization, the organization doesn't know it's done. It's not done. So if something has value, but only when it's communicated that it needs to be communicated. So either you, as a person who assigned that task, either you're going to have to find out the task status, you're going to have to go down and ask or check or follow up, or the communication of the status of the work is going to be done by the direct who's responsible for the work. It doesn't make economical sense for you to have to go down and check, A, because your time is worth more than your directs, and B, because it takes you more time because you don't know, but the person who did the work does know. So it's cheaper and faster and higher quality for the direct who did the work to report on the work so that the work is communicated and has value associated with it. Same quality, less cost. It's, I mean, we talked about this quite at length in managerial economics 101, which by the way, somebody just tweeted about the other day. It was fascinating. Um, they said, Hey, I just learned a new thing, managerial economics 101. And they learned it from somebody else. Oh, so sad. Yeah. Okay. Somebody else is just, well, I'm pretty sure that our work gets used by the people pretty regularly. We were just on the phone with our intellectual property lawyer, Jay Brooks, about somebody doing that very thing. Um, look, the smart thing, the effective thing in project management is for the direct who owns the task to own the responsibility for communicating the status of the work. Then the question becomes, okay, how do we do that? And the answer is really simple. Rather than assigning a task such as writing some code or following up with a customer or identifying $1,000 in budget savings or preparing a briefing for the offsite, assign the reporting of the status of the work as part of the work itself. Okay. You don't ask somebody to write some code. You ask them to deliver the code to you or place it in a repository and notify you that it's there. You don't have a sign of follow-up. You don't have a task of follow-up with the customer. You have a task of reporting to the team on the, on the results of the follow-up with the customer. Okay. You don't ask someone to identify $1,000 in budget savings, you ask them to brief you on where the budget savings are going to come from and provide a document in the project management folder that you're using. Okay. You don't ask them to prepare a, brief, prepare a briefing for the offsite. You ask them to send the briefing to you. And if you, if it's due Wednesday at two o'clock and they haven't sent it to you at two o'clock and you go down to check at four o'clock before you're headed home, Sorry, six o'clock before you're headed home. And they say, ah, I did that hours ago. I said, you know, if I'm in a bad mood, full disclosure, guys, it happens to all of us. I, I'm willing to admit it. I'm like, dude, it's not done. Well, I did it. No, no, you didn't. I didn't ask you to do it. I asked you to do it and communicate it. So you didn't communicate it. So how do I know it's done? And why am I wasting my time checking on you? Dude, read the task, read the deliverable. It's a deliverable. It's not a task. I didn't ask you to just do the PowerPoint. I asked you to send it to me. Hey, dude, for the want of a nail, the kingdom was lost. And there are easy ways to do this. You can ask for a document to be forwarded to you. 
if that's what it was, the creation of a document was the task, you can tell them to send you what they've done by a certain time rather than just by doing it by a certain time. You can ask them to schedule time on your calendars to brief you on their work. You can ask to be notified that status has been updated. You can have a project management piece of software that updates automatically when the Slack message or the email has been sent, but usually you don't have budget to arrange that kind of thing. Guys, I will tell you, it's a small change, but it absolutely works wonders. If you've ever wandered around your team's area looking for somebody who owes you something, you'll appreciate the power of deliverables. Done does not mean the underlying task is complete. Done means the underlying task is complete and it's reported on. The task being done but not being reported on means it's not done. So don't put any tasks in your projects, only deliverables. All right, dude, we're at um, like over 35 minutes or so. So um, I think we should end this here and oh my, let's finish it up next week. I got verbose, didn't I? <laughs> Um, um, my lips are sealed. <laughs> I enjoyed it, dude. Okay. Thanks, partner. Folks, our long-term licensee this week is Peter Levy. Peter's been with us uh, since early January or early February in 2006, so 13 years. Uh, I've received several emails over the years um, from Peter. He's a periodic correspondent of ours, and we are very fortunate to have people like him with his background a part of our community. Uh, several of his messages have just been thanks for the fact that the podcasts are out there. And one of the things Peter commented on a few years ago was that he became a licensee simply because he wanted to donate. He wanted to say, this is so valuable. I know the podcasts are free, but I'm going to pay to become a licensee because I want to help you spread this message to more managers. Um, that's fairly common if you're fairly new to us and you don't realize that that's part of how our community has grown to work. Uh, and I'd like to tip my hat to Peter for being one of the first people to realize that. Thanks, Peter. All right, guys. We'll see you all next week. So long.